Welcome to Symptoms of a Creative Mind. I am your host, Zabrana Bastard, writer, musician, traveler, all-around creative type person. The purpose of this podcast is to share snippets of my life. Part of what makes being an adventure seeker so amazing for me is all the interesting people I have met along my travels. So I'm using this platform to introduce you to the ones I know and the ones I'd like to know better. Together, we'll dive headfirst into our passions and the driving force behind them, giving us all a chance to dig a little deeper into what it means to be human. Welcome to episode 14, Symptoms of a Creative Mind. I am Zabrana Bastard, and today I have a very, very beautiful, wonderful, familiar face from Tacoma uh, named Naja Monique Todd. Hey. Hi, how is everybody? I guess I feel like I'm on radio. I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer back. <laughs> I would assume that anybody who's going to listen to this is probably feeling great because that is the vibe I always get every time I talk to you. So. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so Naja is, um, she is a co-lead singer for a, a band called Mirror Gloss with it's you and your best friend Del Brown, right? Yeah, me and Del. Yeah, and she <laughs> is also a hairstylist at Embellished Multispace Salon mm-hmm. and radiates positivity and <laughs> love and acceptance every time I have ever encountered her over the last mm-hmm. decade plus. So <laughs> we have known each other for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you so much. I've like I told you before, I've been wanting to have you on here. It's been hard to stay positive with everything going on. Oh, so man. it put me in a weird headspace, but I was like, oh, we all were there. I'm glad that you uh, wanted to do this and that you're doing your podcast and stuff. I mean, we got to stay creative and bring some sort of light into the world with all this uh, wild and crazy stuff that's going on. Like, exactly. I was like, sometimes I'm in it. And then sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm like reading a book or like watching a movie. Like this is not happening. <laughs> This is crazy right now. I mean, you know, the world is heavy right now. So I get it, girl. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But again, your stunning smile always. <laughs> I just, you're, you're super talented. You are, and the big thing is just so much positivity that I, I love no matter what kind of mood I've ever been in. If I walk anywhere near your space that you are, you have taken over, you can't help but smile. You can't help but laugh. And I, I love I love the way that you encourage others to be positive. I love the way that you're always like, like fuck body shame, fuck this, <laughs> be, fuck you, that, be true to yourself. And I just yeah, I mean you know. Um... I have had some dark times and I feel like I fought so hard to clear out all the bad in my life. Like, I don't feel like I want to spend like one second being unhappy. Sometimes I always have to think and wonder if whether or not like, are you like, you're not running away from anything and I'm not, it's just, I don't, I don't think I want to be on, I don't want to be unhappy and I don't want to be sad and I don't want to be negative. And you know, there are times and places for all of those feelings. And I feel, but I just feel like this is a rest stop. Like I don't ever want to live in that space. You know, if you're unhappy, then you got to figure out what's making you unhappy. And then we got to work out of it. Cause I just don't like feeling like that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I think sometimes it's just selfish because I just, I don't want to have any of that energy around me and it just pulls me down. So I'll 
always try to um, like uh, bring that out to people because I had to fight for it. So I feel like I deserve to be laughing and smiling and, and things all the time because, you know, I feel like that's where we're supposed to live in life. We're not really supposed to be sad. I feel like that those are warning signals to do a self check-in or check-in on something in your life. You're not supposed to live there. You're supposed to stop there and move forward. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So yeah, before um, I was following your, um, your Facebook uh, with before COVID hit and everything, you were like, like just traveling the world and, and going and going yes. through a bunch of stuff. Was that your first time leaving the country? That was last year. I always said that I wanted, like, it was my dream. Like you look at some of my old diaries when I was a kid and I would write about wanting to go to Paris and see Europe. And I always wanted to travel when I was a child. I mean, and just, you know, financial and family circumstances just never lent to me being able to do that. And then I was kind of young and really wasn't focused on anything. And then I kind of made a goal that before I turned 40, I wanted to go see the world. And I just did it. And it was scary because I went by myself. <laughs> and it was funny because uh, my best friend, he, uh, he lives in Europe with his wife, but he's from here. And we met here in uh, Tacoma. And um, every year he comes back to America and we go do something. Like he'll come to Tacoma and we'll hang out. Or one year I went out to Palm Springs where his parents have a place and we stayed a week. And we were going to go to Coachella. And he called me. He was like, you know, my wife bought me tickets to Primavera Sound. He's like, you've been saying you wanted to come to Europe for years. He's like, I think you should just do it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to do it. So I started the payment plan for the tickets and then I started looking for flights and then I started looking for Airbnbs and it was super scary because you're just not there. If you're like, you're, you're already going somewhere where you don't know everybody or you don't know everything and you don't, you know, there's just so much unknown, but I was just like, if you don't do it, you're just never going to. And then by chance, I had another girlfriend and her were gonna, uh, and my other girlfriend were going to go to Cabo and they were like, do you want to go? And I was like, and she was like, I'll pay for your ticket. She's like, just come. She's like, you can pay me back later. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that ended up happening. So I didn't go the first time I went, we went to a resort. So it wasn't like, like really like European travel. It was like, we laid by the pool, had drinks, relaxed, but it was my first vacation. I never had that before. And then I met this wonderful woman on Instagram and we are still friends to this day and she does she's amazing her name is Julia Sewell and she runs these trips and they are focused towards African-American women because usually you know in our uh, our like race we don't it's not really like put upon us to travel and go see the world and I think a lot of people experience the same things I do which is it's scary like you just don't know and you don't know what's going to happen and you know obviously being a woman and going places by yourself too is a big deal so she plans these trips where you can go out to the Dominican Republic and there you can um, kind of customize your trip but she lets you make payment plans which I think is wonderful because um, by her doing that she really um, allowed access to something that most, you know, some people can't save up $2,000, but if yeah. you can pay $75 every two weeks, you, you know, it's like, a, it's more of a mindset of just doing, paying that little bill. And so we, I paid, I paid on it for about a year and um, it included everything. She had a chef, we stayed in a beautiful house. And then there were other girls from around the country that also were the same thing. So I, I now have about 15 other black girlfriends all over the states because we spent a week together in the Dominican Republic and we did yoga on the beach. We did ceremonies. We talked about our feelings and who we are and who we want to be. We went out. We had a lot of drinks. I ate 
food. I tasted pineapple over there. And I don't think I've ever actually had real pineapple. Because when I did it over there, I was like, what is this? I've never tasted this. I rode a horse for the first time. I had a macaw sit on my shoulder. And uh, I saw the most beautiful beach of my life. I could, I was up to my neck in water and I could see all the way down to the floor of the uh, ocean with, and see my feet in clear water. And it just, the whole, that whole year really changed me. Um, and that trip was amazing. And she still does those. I actually am planning one with my aunt and my cousin. And we want to go back over there and just do a fun girls trip too. That and uh, incredible. Is that, was, is that like, um, so you said she does this as, as a group thing. So is that like her business or how? It is. What, it is what's it business. called? That sounds really cool. Um, she does a, a Sewell trip. So S-E-W-E-L-L trips. And you can find her on Instagram too. Um, and uh, you can just Google that. And it, she has a website. They have descriptions of everything. And you can talk with her. And it's not just one kind of trip. Like, that one was more of a spiritual one. Um, and I felt like I was turning 40. And I really wanted to just, like, do something really, um, you know, energy work and spirit work and stuff like that. But she also does just, like, girls trips. And she does, like, couples trips. And then you talk to her. And she customizes them. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do dune buggies? Do you want to do house or horseback riding? And she customizes the trip to you and then you can just begin you put 250 down and then you just pay a little bit it's nice and so it's like you can plan and plot and save and and it's something to look forward to and I mean she just took the best care and I actually paid $300 and I stayed two extra days and so she got me my own private little condo it was the cutest little apartment and it was right across the street from a cute little store and it had my own pool on the roof and I say for today for two days and she personally took me around like we hung out we went and had dinner um I had watermelon juice for the first time which was amazing and I, we just had a wonderful time and uh we just talked and saw the country and it was beautiful is also sad because there's lots of poverty out there and they're experiencing um, people moving into their area and buying up everything. But it was just a really amazing experience. I feel like everybody needs to get out of the country, go somewhere where you feel uncomfortable because you need to see how the world really is. I feel like sometimes here we're so comfortable and you're in our bubble and you don't really understand that there is a large world out there and there's so many different people. I mean, it's beautiful and amazing. Like, yeah, it was, it was the experience of a lifetime. Like, I'm so addicted to traveling now. Like, I just go <laughs> everywhere. I'm stopping myself right now from buying tickets because I was like, you can't go travel right now. We want to make sure it's safe. But as soon as I feel like it's safe, I'm back out there. No, that's, that's great. I'm going to um, have you send me the link. I'm going to include that link uh, to the, yes, the link to the show. Yes, I will definitely send that. Yeah. You know, um, fun what an story incredible about. experience. It was incredible. And that was a really, and it was great to go and do those trips because they all were different. Like one was a party trip. The um, Barcelona was actually amazing. I um, Barcelona. I went to Primavera yes. Sound. Oh man, it is a beautiful freaking place. Yeah. I mean, and you could tell that they care there about the people that live there. They care about the, their government cares about them being happy. Like that was the cleanest place I've ever been. I mean, the, the streets was clean. I didn't, I don't even know if I seen anybody homeless. I'm not even kidding. Cause I'm like thinking with my American eyes and I'm looking for stuff that I see in our country. And I did not see that. And, um, just all the walking and the people, they're like 90 year old people over there, like vibrant walking around. Like they're not like run down in homes. They're like 
you know, alive, living, walking around. And um, we saw cute couples holding hands and sitting in a square. And they go out and they play bocce ball in the middle of the <laughs> plazas. And I had sangria and tapas. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I had a great time. And um, my best friend, I, I stopped in Amsterdam to see him for a few days. So I did stay there for a little bit. And it was okay. And then I visited another friend in Germany overnight. And then we all met back up in uh, Barcelona. And the festival was amazing. Um, and I ended up finding a friend from Olympia out there and we linked up and we actually made it in the paper. They uh, picked my outfit for the most request or the most popular outfit of the festival. So I ended up in the Barcelona paper. I was like, ah! <laughs> like what a way to commemorate your first trip alone oh, in Europe. And so I'm trying to go back, man. As soon as they let me out of here, I'm gone. And you're like the poster child for uh, go experience life. <laughs> yeah, go out there. I mean, it's, it is scary, but the internet is your friend. We can research anything. And I mean, honestly, like if you're smart and self-aware, you're fine. I, I, I never felt in danger. And I mean, we went everywhere. I went to the biggest skate park in the world. There was like hundreds and hundreds of skater kids everywhere. And they were just skating in, this, in front of this big um, castle. And they had this big open area and everybody's skating and you bring your own beer and so we're sitting on these steps and we're watching people do tricks and there's just groups of people everywhere everybody's passing joints and drinking beer and just having like the best time there was never any danger over there it was just fun everybody was so friendly and nice and I just loved it man I can't wait to go back yeah I think <laughs> I, th people are always afraid like I've talked to a lot of people that don't want to travel because they're like well I don't speak the language it's like well pretty much everywhere unless you go to the smaller towns Pretty much everywhere they speak. Everywhere does. American I never English. had a problem. Yeah. I never had a problem. I had like one place I tried to go to in Germany to buy cigarettes and the, the woman, it was a tiny little cigarette shop and she did not speak Ooh. a lick of American English. <laughs> I, this like, guy. I don't know what you want. You're like hand motions, honey. Yeah. Hand I was motions. like, uh, this one, she's like pointing to this guy, like walked in and goes, oh, I'll help you. And he like translated for me. Oh, like, nice. Like, all See, of, that's like, what two. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was the easy. I saw you struggling. They're like, oh, hey, I'll let me come over there and pop over and help you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. But I loved it. And, you know, honestly, I felt it very humbling. And I think that, you know, we're so used to everything being like what we need and what is easiest for us. And when I went over there, like, I just noticed things like not being able to read the street signs and not being able to read the advertisements and not being able to, you can't read stuff, street signs. And so then it made me think about when people come over here and have to learn the language so quickly and they coming over here to live. I was just visiting over there. Yeah. And when they come over here and you can't maneuver because you can't read the language and how that just must, it can feel very um, disorienting and kind of makes you feel lonely and like removed. So it was nice when, you know, I had my best friend there and he's been living over there for years. So he speaks all the different languages and can get around. But I couldn't imagine like coming to America, can't speak the language, can't read anything. And you're supposed to like figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I took that. I was like, I'm going to take this feeling and have some sympathy for others you know, not getting frustrated or, which I never really did, but I just always want to be, you know, cognizant of that and other people's struggles. Like, I was like, wow. Well, and when it comes to like communicating too, you know, you really get a feel for why, you know, um, when foreigners do come to America and they have a hard time, you know, they ask you if you could slow down. It's not because they're slow. It's really hard with accents. And we do as Americans, we have an accent. We might yeah. not be aware of it. But, but we have one, just like Germans don't think they have an accent. Yeah, but everyone like, has an accent from where you're one. from. So mm -hmm. just taking that moment to slow down and take the time to understand each other, and you'll find mm -hmm. out that 
people are pretty much the same everywhere you go. Everywhere, girl. There was cool people everywhere. We, if there was just people, there were people, black people everywhere. It was cool. It was very cool. I mean, it was, it was just one of my favorite experiences. Like I will have those memories for the rest of my life. And it really did spark me. Like I plan to go everywhere. Like I want to go to Bali. I definitely, I'm definitely, I'm dying to go to Thailand. Like I hear nothing but good stuff. I want to eat all the food. I want to see and all the colors and eat all the different fruits. Like there's stuff that we eat, they eat over there that we won't ever get like fruits and vegetables and stuff that I had never tasted before. And, you know, now I've experienced that from being somewhere different. It was amazing. And it's not, it's not unattainable. You know, there's, I mean, a lot of places, like if you book Airbnbs, a lot of places will only take half of your money. They only want half of the money up front. And then you can pay the other half a week before you get there. So it's like, I always tell people to look on, look at things. A lot of festivals and places, they have payment plans. We can pay $25 a month for your ticket until it's paid off. And, you know, Skyscanner and Hopper and all those things, like it takes some jumping around, um, but you can, you can make it affordable. I think I, planned out that trip to Europe. I think it cost me, I think I spent $2,500 to $3,000. And that's including spending money, drinking, partying, concert, going out, eating out, all that stuff, plus flying over, plus staying, and wow. all of that stuff. So it wasn't really, and I went for 12 days. That's pretty good, actually, because yeah. I know the it, last That's time, what I'm saying. Last time yeah. I went to Europe, I think my ticket was uh, $1,200 one way. I mean, I, it was, I was touring, so I was working, so I didn't pay that out of my own pocket. But mm -hmm. still, I mean, like that, but I mean, the last time I yeah. went to the country was 2014, so. Yeah, it is. It can be very expensive. Um, my friend did give me a tip. My friend Milhouse told me to not, you just buy, get to Europe. Just, he's like, just get to Europe the cheapest way you can. He's, and once you get there, their transportation systems out there are incredible. Like they have trains and buses. I think um, I flew into England and then I hopped over to Germ or, or uh, Amsterdam. Oh, and did you take I the underwater? The underwater no, tunnel? I actually flew. I flew. Oh, okay. I think it was 150 bucks. That ain't nothing. It just wasn't very expensive. I thought for so many years and I was kicking myself. I was like, I, for some reason, thought I had to have $5,000 to go to Europe. That's what <laughs> I thought. I was like, you ain't got that much money, you can't go. And that's really just not the case. It was not the case at all. And even the eating was so cheap. And I love how they eat in uh, Barcelona. It's never like a heavy full meal. Right. You just eat a little bit, have a beer go walk a mile to the next plaza, sit down, order another beer, get you a couple of tapas, little bites. And it was just delightful. <laughs> nice. I am excited to see uh, pictures from your next trip. You look like Ooh. you were having so much fun. And I was, ever since, I mean, I've, I've been out of the country, to, uh, well, across the pond twice now, you know. I oh, nice. 2013, 2014 tour in Europe uh, in the summer. And like, I always wanted to see the world I always want to travel and see the world but especially after going out there it's always like yes go see calling my, you back <laughs> I'm always telling my friends I'm like get a fucking passport it's like 120 get a pass, girl. Get a passport I'm like, I'm like let's go now so like I'm gonna have a real escape. adventure like right now get your you fucking passport anyway <laughs> but get a passport let's go like it's, girl, it's really... and it's not that and right now ooh, girl the tickets are so cheap right now so my best friend that i visited in amsterdam he lives in cyprus now and so i'm like i'm i'm, I'm dying i'm itching because i did have a trip planned out to um, europe again in august i was going to go to england and versailles and then i was going to hop over 
to um, Cyprus and visit Millhouse. And so now I think I'm going to chill on the other two places. But part of me is thinking that my maybe in September or maybe late August. I don't know. I'm, I'm still deciding, but thinking I might want to go over there and he can get me a, a condo on the beach for $45 a night. Nice. And yeah, it is beautiful over there. So I'm still marinating on it. I need to, I need to look at the CDC and see what these numbers is looking like first though. So yeah, <laughs> I, just, won't, won't I just booked a, um, I'm actually going back. It's funny. Cause I was like, so sick of not traveling. I was like, my passport looks sad, you know? And I was like, no. okay. I said, as soon as, as soon as I have an opportunity that hops that, you know, drops in my lap, I am leaving the fucking country. And right, like girl. less than a week, um, this woman that I've been following on Facebook, who's a life coach, she's um, mm -hmm. hosting this like six night um, writer's retreat in Italy next year in October. And go? yeah, I already bucked it. Like it was yes, $725 girl. or 725 or 775 American That's dollars. It? For six nights all food included stay plus she's like taking us out on like bike bikes and going out to see these what? different things all around italy like that's amazing like, oh my god you're gonna have so much fun yeah that shit sold out in like like two or three days i was oh, like yeah, i'm oh. sure because i was like she got any more spots open <laughs> I was like, I'm on it. We're gonna go on vacation together, whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm, I was really excited because um, her whole, it's uh, Shannon. I can't think of her last name right now, but her whole premise is sharing your story and learning how to tell your story in a way that's effective and helps people, and also might be able to generate some income for oh, you. Oh, you have to send me her Instagram. I have a little project I'm working on, and that's exactly what I want to do is learn to tell my story in a way that helps people have some ideas nice. that I'm working on. So yes. I'm going to need her info so I can look up, maybe I can do a webinar or something. Nice. Yeah. Cause I know she's also, I don't know if it's sold out yet, but because the first one sold out so fast, um, she opened up for one to be in May next year also. Ooh. So, um, but yeah, I will definitely send you her info and I will include it since we're talking about it. I'll, I'll include it in the yes. link the show. Because, um, yeah, she's she's wonderful. It's actually her blog that made me kind of pay attention uh, to what was going on with COVID. And um, it just kind of like woke me up a little bit. Like, she's yeah. like, we're, we're 11 days ahead of America. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is... Oh, they are, honey. I was out in Germany and I went to Germany in December to go visit um, my friend and I stayed for 10 days. And when I was out there, his job had already started canceling in-person meetings and they already started telling people to not fly. So when I got back to America, I kind of forgot about it because I didn't hear anything about it until two months later. So well, yeah. you're like, oh, this is in Germany that, you know, yeah, I'm and then I started thinking back. I'm like, uh, they were telling, and to be at that point of like, we're not we're not meet, we're not having you come in anymore like he, they were like don't come into the office just work from home and if you don't have to fly because a lot of the, the people ceos fly out to have meetings and he was like don't do it they were like just don't don't do anymore in person so yeah it's it's insane man you know i i don't know where all this came from or the purpose of it you know I, me personally i'm always just when things get too big sometimes i think that we should zero in and focus on what we can control and so i'm just trying to stay healthy and be safe and you know sacrifice i, I still haven't been out to any bars or any restaurants i think i'm gonna hold off for a month before i do something like that and just, you know don't want anyone catching that you know my friend jake definitely he got it he's in recovery so nothing happened to him but my friend Stephen lost his dad and his mom is still sick from it so yeah, no, I've had some. Yeah, it's a real thing. 
I've had some friends um, pass and a friend lost her husband. And like, it's definitely, yeah. um, I still think it's definitely something people should take seriously. And it's oh, hard. It is, it's, it's so hard because we have this duality where we have this, this virus that we're supposed yeah. to stay inside. But then we also have this very real <laughs> issue of, you know, like putting on this huge spotlight on what's going mm -hmm. on with you know, centuries of oh, oppressing black, black people throughout our entire, like ingrained into the our entire culture. Time. So like, it's like, how we got here, fight, we go got? out or mm -hmm. stay home and fight. And it's like this whole, oh, these fucking dualities. It's, it really is, you know, but you know, somebody explained it. I, the CDC even put it out. They said, we're not about to tell them to not go protest because it's an issue. And then, you know, I always tell people, I was like, you know, we didn't create it, but it is an issue. So I was like, you, you got to fight. I was like, unfortunately, this is what we have to do. It's necessary. It's all ugly. You know, I mean, it's hard out being online. I have a lot of friends that have dipped out for a little bit. I, I took a four or five day trip with a, some uh, black girlfriends of mine up to Clay Ellen and we rented a cabin and we just like did art therapy. We threw Breonna Taylor a birthday party. We talked about our feelings. We talked about our experiences and it was, I, I thought it was going to be amazing, but I felt like when I left, I didn't even realize how amazing it was. And, um, I really, really loved it. And I, I actually been having an idea of wanting to like host or help create something like that. Cause I mean, that really did my entire soul good. I, it's like, I came back and everything is still going on. You know, nothing had really changed. You know, they were still protesting and, and the world is still very angry, but I felt like I had a little bit more calming and footing to deal with it. Cause when that all happened, it's just like, it's traumatizing as an African-American to, watch those videos and sometimes I say tell myself I want to watch it because I want to witness for my brother and my sister that fell and sometimes I'm like my my mental my mental state cannot handle seeing something else again you know it's like sad and angering to watch these things happen to these people and and then even more maddening to watch people's reaction <clears throat> to people just being asked to be treated like humans and Right. I don't. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why there's a protest. Anyways, I'm like, uh, they're just saying that they want to live. So I yeah. don't. I was like, what are you protesting? I, I don't understand what's the back and forth about. No, I. I really like. I was actually talking with my husband. Like, I always try to stay the fuck out of politics because it's such a negative world that I. Just, it is. I it's full of lies. But when um, I saw you had posted something about Ahmed Aubrey and I went. And God, I wish I hadn't, you know, watched, yeah, I saw I the video. It. I and, did too. Oh, I was traumatized for days. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, no, girl. It's, having, um, having these conversations, I think is so important because I've actually, um, I befriended a, a woman who I interviewed on my podcast uh, a yeah. few months ago that um, she's also mixed, you know, like I am. Right, and so yeah. um, been able to actually have these conversations that I've always felt, you know, um, either yeah. I'm not white enough or not black enough to have this exactly. conversation, so I just shut the fuck up. But to actually have someone who you have to have space to talk about it that understands, and so we've been able to grieve together. We've been able to create art together. That's beautiful. And That's absolutely beautiful. Like it is so ridiculous to me that um, everybody just like everybody who's in this fight, and I believe that everyone who wants equality for all human rights has uh -huh. a bit, very big dog in this fight. Everybody. And so like why people just can't understand that nothing about your, your color of your skin, nothing about 
who you love, nothing about who you feel you are on the inside has any bearing on making mm-hmm. you less than a fucking human being. Right? I, I don't so understand that. It is maddening to me. And what it is, it's just, I mean, I feel this heavy sense of fucking disappointment. I am, and I don't even feel like that is, a, I feel devastated that this is my country. And that, it's like you pull back the like skin and I'm just seeing raw. And I'm like, we are fucking sick. We are sick. I was like, we have the resources to take care of every person in this country, for exactly. every person to prosper, to have the American dream. And I go, we willfully go after it and stop people from doing it and not even that i was like we can't hope to even ever have anything positive we will not deal with the trauma that we have in put on like literally like every single race asian americans african americans you know the, um i mean everybody's been everybody's been crossed over Na- native americans yeah. i mean my god i don't even understand how they are i can see why they are broken you got to sit here and be portioned out what was already yours right like my god it's yeah. it's maddening to me like <laughs> yeah the whole thing I, yeah I, like i i it's i i constantly think about it and then it's like sometimes i just have to give myself a break because you know we it's like we can't ask the victims for the solution and that's the sad thing like we are now fighting for that but it's like the people who are ultimately gonna we're trying to yell at are the people that need to change so somebody's going to have to have a change of heart. And I guess I don't understand why it's not happening. Like nobody's asking for anything out of the normal and they're not asking for anything that isn't deserved to, doesn't just every, excuse me, every American, every human actually stop. Any person that is alive deserves that. No, I, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Like yeah, just basic fucking human rights. Basic That's what I'm saying. I'm like, we're not even basic, talking politics. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> Just because somebody walked through your fucking space, why don't you just shut the fuck up about your judgments and just let them walk by? Let them live. Let them live. Like, like that. That's why it. Why are you bothering them? I don't understand. <laughs> like leave I, them alone. Like, you know, it's. I, but I mean, you're. It's, it's. It's the systematic. You know, racism. It's the past trauma. It's the years and years. And it's like we've been denying it. And I even had to come to terms with some old feelings I had like I, I actually uh was watching like an old real world and I remember one of the characters on there and his name was David and he was this young black poet and I remember on the show they just painted him or no his name was Kevin it was Kevin and he was a young poet and they painted him as this angry black man and I definitely remember watching that and being like dude you're in this really cool house with all these cool people you should just chill out and everything I watched him say was 100% the truth. He was like, you know, I'm at a disadvantage. They don't want me to win. And he was walking around angry and upset about his circumstances in life and how hard it was for him. And I literally looked at him like, dude, you're just being negative. And now to go back and watch it and see everything he's saying. And I'm like, how devastating everything he said was true. And he's right. They were after him. They weren't the, the narrative that they were painting for him, the way that his life was laid out his interactions with other people, they were all colored by angry black man. And people were not listening to his message and how it's fallen on deaf ears. Like this is not the first time that we've heard this. We've known about it for years. And it's like, they had, they, it's been so bad that even some African-Americans were not taking it as seriously 
as we needed to because it was you know our minds was removed like i i lived in the south for a while so i definitely saw some straight up like kkk racism but then i moved out to washington and i feel like that contrast kind of made scales on my eyes because i had seen like literally like a kkk dude standing on the side of the road holding a sign for a meeting and so then when i come out here <clears throat> there's none of that yeah on that level but there is racism and so for me because i escaped that very aggressive in your face i thought oh, okay over here in the west coast we're good and then well no. we no yeah <laughs> not safe anywhere no i lived <laughs> in I, I talked about this on an earlier show too but um i moved to florida for six months um but i mean i grew up in the northwest and i did not realize how sheltered i was and I, and I really thought like, okay, like, thank God I live, you know, I'm from the Northwest you where do. we have these issues, you know, and because my big eye opener, I mean, it should have, it seemed weird to me that all the apartments have these different segregated areas. And they do, girl, and don't they? It's like the Puerto Ricans live in these apartments and mm -hmm. the Mexicans live in these apartments and the Blacks live and in that these apartments. that is so... 100% true. You know, and then the whites lived in these apartments and I lived with my very white boyfriend where, you know, like I don't look black. People uh -huh. usually can tell that I'm mixed. They don't know what I'm mixed with. And when yeah. I tell them I'm black, they're like, what? And I show them a picture of my mom and they're like, oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah. You know, the nose and the eyes or whatever. Then, yeah. But like, I, I had got carded because we had these cards. When you get into the apartment complex, every resident yeah. has to have a card and it's a gate that you go into. And I was like, God, this is so weird. And I had been stopped by like security. Like, are you sure? I'm like, here's my card. Here's my address. Like this is. And you're just thinking you're complying. Yeah. And you I know, was and just you're like, understanding that you're being harassed. You yeah. I had no, like, it didn't even realize, like, I was just like, this is weird. Yeah. This is strange. It doesn't I register. But then I went to Georgia because we were trying to get away from the hurricanes and stuff. And we walked into this gas station and I went to go get like a drink or a soda or something. And everybody's staring at me. And I'm like, oh, and God, that feeling, girl. Ooh. I just like, I'm like, why is everybody staring at me? Like, this is so weird. And so I just like, I was like, I'm not going to steal anything because it was still a punk rocked out and shit. But I was just like, yeah, I just like took my drink, gave it to my boyfriend. I was like, I'm going to wait outside. And I turn around and on the fucking yeah the fucking front page newspaper blacks oh, are moving into clay county what are we gonna do oh and I was jesus like, girl no they didn't have it on the damn uh, it was a fucking front page paper, paper and i was like i uh, thought this like shit was done out of here. well I yeah i went i sat in the car you know and every like it was very very white people everybody Ooh. stared at me like maybe they didn't know i was black but they knew i wasn't all white and they it, knew you went all the way and i didn't belong and i felt God. like i did not belong and i was like holy fuck like it was such a culture shock to me because and i was like okay well at least you know and i, I booked the first ticket back home i got out of that oh, you're like uh -uh, i can't I be like, out here i'm I not know. from this is not my world i'm going back i would home. never go back to the south i will never move back ever yeah. in my life i don't blame I can't, you the level of um ignorance out there and the willful ignorance like they don't want to learn they're like this is my way of life this is the way i have it i like it this way and they are and they they're, they're very um aggressive about keeping it. I mean, when I was out there, um, my grandparents are mixed are uh, mixed race couples. So my grandmother's black and my grandfather's white. And um, my grandfather was in the Air Force. And so, you know, he made a good amount of money. He's very smart with money and business and stuff. So when we moved to Florida and I was staying with them, um, we lived on the white side of the tracks. And you can only imagine how well that went over. We had people shooting at our house. They wouldn't shoot at us, but they would shoot over our house. Just, just to shooting. let you know, 
just to let us know that we're there. My grandmother had to go to the city council because we would get on the school bus and they would, when we would get off of the school bus and we had to walk by down a, we lived on a farm, farm girl, a long a dirt road to get to the house because the house is all set back on the land. And when we get off the bus, they would nigger, nigger off the window. But on the school bus, there's a school bus driver. And then these kids are rolling down the window to yell at me and my cousin to call us the word. I mean, my cousin would get into fights, you know, we're turning down our street and we see somebody advertising for a KKK meeting, like a block away. Like no big deal. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, come on over here. And they're like, and the girl, the sign was wild. It was like, no guns, no drugs. And then it went to name every racial slur you could ever think of. Like they didn't even say nobody's color, girl. They used the straight up, wrote the slur on the sign. And I was just, I remember, I just, I just didn't understand because you know, we did not grow up that way. I, I'm from California and my grandparents were mixed race. So I always had a white grandfather. So that was never weird to me. So I didn't, I don't even think that registered. Um, so I, I, I've been doing that this week a lot, thinking back to all the times where I have been racially harassed that I didn't even realize it was happening. Um, I remember back in a more tumultuous time in my life where uh, I had an ex-boyfriend who um, tried to physically assault me. And so I called the cops. And now they come in and then he, he lied and said that I tried to cut him with a wine corker or something. It was something real girl was really off the wall. So they take both of us to jail. Now, when she walks in, I don't understand that they're going to take me to jail. I th I'm crying and I'm thinking she's coming in and I'm shaking because it's just happening. I think she's coming in to help me. And they immediately arrest me. I'm in my pajamas. I start bawling my eyes out because I don't understand what's happening. And she put me in the back of the car and I'm just crying. I'm like this like 20 something year old girl. I mean, I didn't even have a speeding ticket at that point. I'd never even had any interaction with police or anything like that. And I'm crying, I'm handcuffed in the back seat, like fully arrested. And she turned around and she said to me, <clears throat> if you don't stop crying, I'm going to charge you with resisting arrest. Dead ass. Why won't we turn around? And I just, I'm scared. So I just, you know, I'm still, I'm trying to stop crying and I'm telling her, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't. And of course she doesn't understand I'm a pillar in my community and the work that I've done and all the things that I do and the business and all the stuff that I, like, I'm a, I'm a contributing citizen to, you know, Tacoma. And she just saw this black woman, this thug or whatever she saw in me and she had no sympathy. And I, and I, it always bothers, it still bothers me because as a female, if I came into a domestic um, abuse situation, as a female, I immediately am feeling for the female because I'm like, wow, you know, you almost got, you got hit. You know, I know you're traumatized. Girl, she did not give a fuck. She was like, black girl, shut up. And if you don't stop making me feel bad because you're crying and being a human, I'm going to like charge me with resisting arrest. I was like, lady, what are you talking about? And I, I swear that in that moment, I still didn't really understand that she was doing that because I was black. It wasn't until years later that I turned around and, and really thought about that and I was like wow she really did say that to me yeah and yeah I got pulled over by a cop and it was when they you know they had the rash of shootings in the cars you know people getting pulled over and he got really upset with me because I was scared to move he was like give me this I was like I don't feel comfortable reaching into my glove compartment I said if you would like to open the door and reach in there you can I was like and he was like you're not cooperating I was like sir I was like let us not pretend that what is happening is not happening. I was like, I don't want you thinking something's going on and I get shot. And I just had to be real. I was like, I'm afraid to take my hands off the steering wheel. Like every time a cop pulls me over, every time I see those lights, like my heart stops and it jumps in my throat because I don't know 
who's coming to the car. I don't know what day they had. I don't know how they're feeling. I don't know if they're, you know, racist or they're not. I don't know. And it's like crazy to have to have to have that fear. I was like, I can't, I was trying to think back, you know, um, because for as far back as I can remember, like, when was there a time that I was ever not afraid of cops? And I was like, really Mm -hmm. trying to think back. Never. And um, I think like, maybe when we had like the D.A.R.E. program in grade school. Girl, yeah. (laughs) Like, McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> yeah, like McGruff the crime that dog. That is when, the only time. Like I think and I that, was young. That was the last time that I didn't have what I feel is a healthy fear of cops. Because Girl, yeah, they could kill you. The first experience was, you know, like my uncle or grandparents getting pulled over with a taillight out. Uh-huh. Or, you know, like I remember uh being homeless with my mom and mm-hmm. the cops thinking she was a hooker. With her, and, she, and she's like, my kids it's, are in the back. Like, what? It's very strange to me. I don't, it's like they react to people like they're at war with us. I'm like, you are supposed to be protecting and serving me. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you're coming at me like we're in a fight. I was like, we're not fighting. I'm like, you, like, you don't work for me, but in the essence, you kind of do. Like, you're here to serve a purpose, and I'm the perfect person that you're supposed to be serving that to. So it's, it's crazy. Like, there, it, there's just no question about what's happening right now. I mean, you know, we, we just got another young man that was just shot in Atlanta by the cops. He was drunk and had just visited his mother's grave and was it was so drunk he couldn't drive and so he pulled the car over now he definitely was going to get a DUI because he was driving and drinking and I think he had stopped uh at like a a, a food place and was like in the drive-through line and passed out like he was on you know on one but you know it just he shouldn't have died from a DUI like right that doesn't require deadly force like he did try to and he definitely tried to run and do all that stuff but he should not be dead he should be in jail you know, and I mean, just the names, the hundreds and hundreds, and these are the people we know about. I mean, I don't even want to, if this is what you guys will do when we know what's going on, I can't even imagine the thousands and thousands, I don't even know if the number's in the thousands, it might be even more, tens of thousands of people that we have never heard of. Well, and like, I think what's been kind of mind-blowing on top of, you know, things that, how normalized everything is in society is, like, I never understood, um, like, when I was a little girl, I had no problem, you know, people be like, well, where are your parents? Cause you know, I lived with my, my grandma raised me uh, from the uh-huh. time I was like six or seven, but yeah. I'd be like, oh, my mom's black, my dad's white, you know? And it was mm-hmm. no big deal. Like, I'm just yeah. telling my truth because that's, that's what it is. Yeah. You know? And I would have people, adults, you know, tell me, oh, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't tell people that. And I was like, you're just like, I'm like, why? Why, and why, like, not, why wouldn't I so tell them what my dad's like, don't don't tell them that your mom's black don't tell them that you're that your parents weren't married don't like there's all these different like social yeah, stigmas so judgment on a kid that they're telling me don't tell people and I couldn't understand because I've always been a very truthful person I'm like mm-hmm. why can't why can't I share this but like I was like I've been reading a lot of articles so you know since mm-hmm. everything since all those protests happened yeah and understanding like the systematic racism the things that are ingrained in our society I'm like oh so now it makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. why I feel isolated or now it makes yeah. like, makes sense why I've been less inclined to tell people that I'm even mixed half the time or, yeah. you know, like, or I get, I get mad because, you know, like I'm, I'm a member of a union hall and, you know, if you are like, I think it's a eighth, if you're an eighth of any ethnicity, then mm-hmm. they mark you for, for their e- 
uh, EEOE numbers. Oh, numbers. like you're, you're, oh, we've got yeah, um, so, a black person working here. Yeah. So when, um, whenever it comes up, you know, like when I first started in the union, people are like, oh, well, you're a threefer because you're, you're black, you're a woman and you're a, an apprentice. So you're guaranteed to have a job. And I'm like, shouldn't it be on the merit of, of who I am as a person? That's who and, I am and how hard I work. Yeah. yeah and then exactly. you'd have people say, just take it, take it, you know, just take it. And it's like, it's offensive to me. I don't want nothing I don't deserve. I don't need extra. I just need the same. That's what I need. I need equal, same as everybody else. I don't want more. I don't want what I don't work for. And it's like, yeah. they think it's like that idea. I was like, I don't want you to gift me anything. I just want you to let me <laughs> do what I was supposed to do and give me my money and my promotion and let me go on about my business. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's very crazy on that. Like that, is, that no is wild. Sense. It does not. It really doesn't. And, and they do that a lot. You know, you know, it's just like, oh, we got a, I, my black friend. You're like the token. And so it's like, I, like that, like I definitely had to pull myself out. <laughs> I had a lot of those situations when I was younger. And as an older woman, I, I definitely had to pull out. It's like, I don't want to tick any list for you. I don't want to like mark off anything. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard to not just be seen as a person, you know, and I see people as people. And I love meeting people and getting to know them. I think they're interesting and people are just amazing. And so I don't understand when people look like you look at me and you don't, and you think this whole other thing and you have all these negative connotations and you have like zero idea who I am and something or parts of me feels like, I, I think about this all the time that like, what if they killed the person that's going to cure cancer? Like, what if you murdered the kid that was going to go to college and become a scientist and cure some like and cure like you might have robbed the earth you robbed you have you robbed the earth of like someone's knowledge and their potential we have no idea what these people were going to do with their lives and yeah. we might as a, a human race have just let somebody pass on that could have really helped us or maybe that was the person that was going to do the most amazing thing on the earth and we never know because you just looking at them and they're just trash on the street and then they die and nobody gets in trouble and it's just like whatever there's no lessons learned there is no recourse there's no change and then they just do it again you know i find out all these cops have like six and seven excessive force charges they found out that the minneapolis police had like 22 rape cases and i'm talking about like in custody like oh you get arrested Girl, you know, they got a rule and talking about she consented. I was like, why the hell are you even talking to somebody you got in cuffs about sex? You working, that's, you have power over them. Like, that's highly illegal. Like, there's a lot of companies where you can't date your boss because they are over you. That yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. And so it, it's just, things have just been let to run a rampant. And I feel like what I feel right now is that we are just, we're done. We're just done. It's not, we're done. And that's really what I feel like. And so I'm hopeful. It's sad to see it because it's in our face now. You know, yeah. you've seen all the videos and stuff, but it's also amazing to see the world. Like my friends send me pictures in Germany of the protests, my friend and all over, I have friends all over the world now and they, the world is protesting for us. So that, um, that makes me feel like encouraged that we're not crazy. For years, like they made us feel like we were crazy. And you would say something and they make you feel like you're, you're not, you're being unreal and you're not working it so hard. And like gaslighting. You're not, you're not, you want to know, gaslighting us. Yeah. And now we know that we aren't. It is wrong. And I thank God for social media. I, people love to talk shit about it, but had that not happened, 
we would have never gotten those guys that killed um, that young man. And we would have never gotten the cops that killed that. We, you would never, none of this would be happening if it wasn't for cell phones and social media. So, you know, everything comes with their good and bad, but I am thankful every day that, that we have these cameras in our hands and that we can put these people on blast because this is, this is ridiculous. This is an epidemic. During this protest, they have killed more people. Like, y'all don't give a fuck. Y'all like, oh, you're, it's, it's like literally just the thing. Cops killed somebody. I mean, there's countries where they haven't killed anybody in like ever or in 10 years, or it's like one death in 25 years. Yeah. But we no, just can't I, get it. We got I'm, it every day. I'm so grateful. Um, seeing like I've I've been talking to friends in other countries or they've been reaching out they're like Becca what the fuck's going on in America are you okay and I'm like Girl. I live in the woods I'm not in the big, big city so yeah, yes, you said, I mean, <laughs> but I was like it makes me happy to see these mass protests on yes. our behalf in America yes. because it's I was like okay because at least if our fucking tyrant asshole fucking president decides Girl, to do fucking crazy they're going to put the fucking hammer down because yeah, they're not going to let it happen. They're not having it. I mean, I've never, ever, ever even seen infighting in the government like this. Like straight up people are like, we don't fuck with Trump. And they're like, like Governor Inslee cussing them out. And you know, he's not always doing hundred percent the best and everything. But it's like when your own people that you're working with, they don't even mess with you. That's crazy. I've never seen governors and mayors and stuff like, damn the president that like used to be like inconceivable like you did not do that right and I mean like I said uh, in all honesty like I definitely have seen politics ha we, you know they've been happening and we've had these like back and forth and stuff like that but right now it's like this is a human issue this has nothing to do with politics we'll get to that yeah. but this is a human issue like you guys are murdering people and people are not getting in trouble and on top of that like you need to think about these people that are like, who kills someone? Like, I don't think I could ever just kill someone. These are people that are just murdering people. Like, yeah, you got a badge, but that does not give you carte blanche to be a murderer. Like you ended someone's life. Like you should feel bad. Like, I don't, I hope to die never having ever, you know, killed anyone. That's like, I'm pretty sure I'm, a, I'm almost 99% sure that that is <laughs> that's gonna be a thing I'm gonna die having never ended anyone's life and that is uh, that's wild to me that it's so like oh whatever and that people think about it and then it's just so flippant I'm like people they have families they have people that love and count on them and this you know poor man George went to the store and wrote a check and now he's dead like what if your husband walked out the door and went to the store and then just gone like not for any reason, nothing happened. There's nothing crazy, just gone. And it's just like, it's not for any reason. And that's why I think it's just, it is heartbreaking. And like I said, devastating to watch people like at this point right now, like if you are not on my side, like I don't have any space for you in my life. Like if you don't understand this, then we are not the kind of people that need to be around each other. I can't have that. I mean, human life is precious and people deserve to live. And, uh, that, that's yeah we just that I can't even abide by anybody being around me that doesn't see the depth of wrong in what's going on right now like I feel like there's no question but apparently we have to clue people in I, I, I guess yeah no I yeah that was a, a big big conversation I, I had with my husband the other day I just just like I don't understand how people cannot see that that if they care about human beings like yeah. even if 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 you have if you have some racial bias you got to get through okay fine okay have, at least alive, whatever but like 
if you can't just agree that people are people and they don't deserve to be murdered like it, even just on that basis yeah, that's like why people it. are fucking pissed off right now that's like, what, i'm like that's why people are mad like somebody's saying don't kill me and you're like nah like nah what are you talking about <laughs> i don't want to die like <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like i'm not asking you for something out of the norm like when i get arrested like could you not kill me especially if i was doing something like writing a check like or driving down the street like i would prefer to not get killed like it's not it's this it's not enough like do you know i so i'm a hairstylist i had to do 1600 hours to go get my license cops have to do like what like 800 700 something like that that's crazy they have to go to school half of the i could be a cop twice over with the hours i spent in school they do not have to have that is crazy. Like the, we are entrusting these people with the safety of our communities. Like you need to, people need to have some degrees, some training. We need more than 700 hours. And if you can't get that together, you know, you need to bring in, I feel like the military should be out there and let them police us. And we need to just have everybody needs to be retested and, and psychovaled. And you got people going in and trying to deescalate situations and with d dangerous, deadly weapons. Like you can't just give that to somebody and be like, here, here you go. Here's a badge which we all know now that it will allow you to do whatever you want. Like you power tripping these guys and giving them a gun. And then they have 700 hours of training somewhere around that. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent on this, on the answer. I believe it's somewhere between seven and 800 hours. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's exactly. Not enough. Obviously. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I, and when you think about it, you know, um, I love when, you know, they're talking about defunding the cops and I know some people get a little uneasy when they hear that, but you know, you obviously have to do your research and I know that they are, we definitely need police. Like, you just, you know, you need them. But I love how they're talking about like, but we also need to maybe have some like staff, some counselors or having people de-escalate for people or people that you can talk to. Cause a lot of these situations do not require a gun. Exactly. They, re they require a conversation. So it's like, if they can employ like invest more money in counseling and stuff, maybe let's start working on the mental health of America. Maybe you won't have so many crazy people doing stuff, you know? I'm yeah, just saying, I, if people are healthy in the mind. Getting to the, the root of what's really going on exactly. is so much better than just putting a band-aid on the fucking symptoms. And that's what's happening. I mean, we need to get on the economy and the financial status of, like, every American. Like, there should not be poor people, y'all. We live in America. Y'all just throwing things away every day. Nobody should be poor. Nobody should be homeless. It is literally ridiculous. We look like the most insensitive, crazy people. And I will tell you that that was the biggest thing I saw when I went to Europe is there are not homeless people living on the street. When I was in Amsterdam, my friend house told me he goes yeah there's two homeless people i was like what are you talking about two homeless people he's like there's two like they the entire place knows who these two people are and they're both like mentally ill and they choose and they choose to live on the streets that is where they want to be they don't want to be in a house so that i was like, that is a that's a trip and it can't be a choice for some people but i was like that's a trip to me because they other people have done it so we know it's doable like i didn't see homeless people when i was in europe like that was crazy i did see them when they were in the dr though a lot of homeless people but um yeah we just have too much you know we have too much in this country you have too much in this world for anyone to be hungry hurt dying or homeless that just doesn't make any sense to me no i i i feel it i, I think there's so many options for programs that people get so blindsided by what you know, it's like the system is broken, so let's reset the system. And nobody wants to, the people that are the supposed powers that be don't want to take uh -huh. the time to reset yeah. the system. When you have 
a lot of people with a lot of good ideas. Like I listened to that Seattle council meeting. Oh my God. Those council members are just amazing. And the work that they've done and the work that they've been yeah. doing to try and get not just reform for police, but the programs that they're just need funding. Yeah. Help. And it's like, there's a lot of good ideas and just there because a lot. you're trapped in the system that doesn't allow you to look, well, maybe yeah. it's time to just fucking reset it. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like, we literally, we created something called money. Like we made that up. That is not a real thing. We just it's all a decided piece we were of going, paper. it's a piece of paper <laughs> that we all decided that was going to have value. It does not actually have any real value. We just said it was going to have value. So there's no reason why there isn't enough money. I was like, no, I was like, you don't even have to pass dollars anymore. You could just make credit. I was like, if you guys just make everything in the world, one price, $5, everything's $5. Anything you want is five bucks. Everything. If you want a piece of candy, it's five dollars. If you want a house, it's five dollars. And then no, and then then you can pay everybody a certain amount, and then everybody can live. But it's that <laughs> consumer, like I gotta be, I gotta get rich, and I gotta get this bigger, bigger thing, and I gotta get the most money, which is crazy because again, it doesn't really exist. We just made it up. The people we've like gotten to where we like do atrocities to our fellow humans. Like you will walk by and just let somebody starve because it's not gonna make you no money. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, or, you know, I was, I was always um, appalled about by like the state of like our environment and recycling because people, well, it's, it's not going to be cost effective. Listen, we done fucked up the earth. It's never going to be cost effective to fix it, but we should do it because it's our fault. Like we did it. Well, like, and the, the, we the end result. That. And if, if you look at the long-term thing, we're yeah. going to be better off for it if we just take care of this problem. We got it. And, and I mean, when you hear, I mean, my God, when you hear the EPA and they, and you find out that like, we will never fix what we did. We can just stop it from getting worse. Like that's where we're at right now. They're like, we should have started this like 10 years ago. So, and, but I will say that I loved, loved the stories of watching that earth heal when we were in COVID. Like that shit that happened in Italy with the dolphins in the canal. I don't know if the dolphin one was real, but the fish, I think it came out that the it dolphin- It wasn't fish? I, I just seen something swimming under the water. Nothing was jumping up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was like, they jumping? <laughs> there was, was one, like, there was a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, I think someone photoshopped the dolphin, but there was, oh, okay. that, that the water like, was clean. And you, the ocean? <laughs> you did see like fish in the canal and stuff. And I've like, I've been there. I've seen those canals, dude. That shit is like not- Girl, when I was in Barcelona, I was like, if I fell in that water, just kill me. It's gross. <laughs> it's real gross. <laughs> but yeah it cleared the fact that it even cleared up yeah like i mean all the smog was like removed from like la all the smog was removed from girl they said we fixed the biggest hole in the ozone fixed itself all because human interaction just stopped (laughs) stopped for three months that should tell you how much of a trip that we are on the earth is that we just stayed home for three months and the entire world started healing itself. Like that makes me feel like I, we don't even deserve this. We, we like need to get off the earth. We done messed it up. <laughs> if we leave, it ain't gonna be okay. But we've always known that like we're the disease. I always feel like something like an M. Night Shyamalan movie is gonna happen. You remember that one? What was it? The, the becoming or something? And it was like the tree, the happening. That's what it was. It and the trees, like if they started making people kill themselves, they were, the fi- they finally realized that when too many humans got together, the humans would then all of a sudden the trees would send out a signal and they would just go try to figure out how to kill themselves. I was <laughs> I don't like, think I, saw that one. I, was like, I don't crazy. know. They might be figuring out that language, you guys. I was like, because we're the problem. And I go in an, in an, in a, you know, you go into like a, a, a closed like ecosystem, like eventually they're going to attack the problem and it's us. 
So in a minute, I think there's going to be something like maybe we won't be able to have babies or maybe we get something, a bunch of people die or I don't know, like what's going to happen. But I was like, I don't think the earth is going to continue to let us like just beat it down. I mean, we're like one of like millions of beings that live on this earth. There's organisms and bugs and animals and trees and plants and stuff that they live too. And they're not just, the world's just not going to just allow us to keep just ruining it. Right. But at some point it's going to be like, okay, we got to fix this. It's like your body. If you cut yourself, it starts to heal. It sends something up in there to fight the bad and then it heals. So I was like, we are the bad guys. Like we might want to start fixing it. No, I'm, I'm really actually, I'm really excited. I mean, I, I know people are really upset right now because growth is painful, but yeah, I'm, it is. I'm so glad at how much information has been brought to the oh front God, from right? history, from everything. And it's like, regardless yes. of how many people are fighting against it, there are so many people taking in this history and we have learned so much. And I mean, we have to give kudos because I feel like we have some very big issues and we have some people that are not coming along, but there are so many people banding together right now. Like we have changed the world. And I mean, like, I feel like I, like I was watching, I watched another POV of George Floyd's passing today. And I, I had a talk with my friend and I was like, if that was my experience, I go, I could think some of my last thoughts might've been, I'm just going to be another black person who just got killed by the cops. Like, but it would be like, my death is so meaningless, but his wasn't like, he is changing the earth. This whole world is going to change because of George Floyd's death. It is changing. I've never seen this in my life. I don't know that I ever even could have imagined this was going to happen. I, I just thought that the world was going to be racist until I died. And I never thought about any change happening because we're so stubborn and willfully like sitting in it. And it's not like we are not taking it. We're done. And people are moving and changing and seeing these big companies jump on it. And, and I love it when people are like, you're not doing enough. Don't be just putting out no statement. Like you got to act right too. Like, I love it. Call everybody to the carpet. I'm here for the call out culture. Call everybody out cancel them all that i'm here for all of that because you do not just get to do stuff with no consequences you do not get to do that that is not how the world works and we would do so well to just really start helping one another out and being good and fair to one another and but you know we're not going to get our utopia until we can get the bad out so we got to call it out well i think accountability is probably the most like it needs to be taught like yeah. accountability needs to be ingrained in our culture accountability is the one skill and i really feel it it needs to be a skill it needs to be ingrained it needs to be buried deeper in our culture than anything else is that you mm -hmm. need to be accountable for your actions you need to be accountable exactly you need to be accountable to the people that you're in charge no of. one's above the law and nobody yes. is above it you need to be accountable no matter who you are if you hurt somebody there should be no shame in saying, I'm sorry. There should be no exactly. shame in saying, I fucked up. I made a mistake. I was wrong. Exactly. Because that's how mm -hmm. you learn and that's how you grow. Exactly. That is exactly how it is. And I completely 100% agree. I feel like I've taken that on in my personal life. Like I used to hate saying sorry because I felt so guilty and bad about things. And so I would just throw it up out of my mouth. Like, I'm sorry. I was like, I have to say it before I get too, too scared because if you cross someone, they deserve an apology. And I feel like that feeling of guilt and that being held accountable, that's your punishment. You shouldn't feel good. And saying sorry and coming accountable for what you've done, it's the way to make things right. 
And uh, yeah, we definitely need that on a very large scale because we just got people out here just doing whatever and like in our faces and just nothing happens to them. Like nobody should be above anything. You know, everybody should be have a, a certain set of standards that we adhere to when it comes to dealing with one another. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, yeah. I just... I love you to pieces. I'm so grateful for for this this time and to give you uh, a chance to talk about what's what's going on. Man, Alex. I appreciate it. And you know, I, I also wanted to just tell you, like, I've enjoyed watching your journey. You know, I've known you for many years. Like, I I love your entire life. I love you and your husband. I love the work you've been doing. I just love seeing you do. I love seeing people like you were just like, nope, I don't like this. Let me just turn my shit around. And you did. You're happy. Hard. I can tell. It's Girl, hard, it's but not easy. it's yeah. not easy. And they wonder why you're walking around gleaming. You're like, I don't work my ass off for this. I'm about to smile and be happy. And I will kill anybody that tries to come for my happiness. And I still, you know, I'm not happy every day. I still deal with bipolar and shit. But yeah, yeah. like I, when I've had people from my old life, I go, well, you, you know, used to be blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I used to be. I was like, well, guess what? I'm not a fucking whore anymore. So you can't talk to me like that exactly you know like you like to learn you learn your place take several seats and we're not yeah. doing that today yeah <laughs> but yeah i used to be a lot of things but you know what that was a long time ago so why don't right, you fuck like, off or be nice <laughs> like, yeah like it'll be killing me like uh, do you want to be the same that you were 10 years ago is that where you want to live like oh, that's God. not where i want to live i want to be different every single day i want to every day wake up and i want to be better be a better person be a better friend be better whatever i can do like i need to be bettering myself at all times i don't i can't not do that and so but no this, this has been beautiful to watch and i mean i'm not happy nobody's happy every day but it's like i can say in general i have a happy life that's that's all you can ask for yeah no, look around me and yeah it's way but better yeah. than what it used to be oh girl yeah i mean we thought we was doing good but we really weren't and i think back to that all the time i was like oh god I, I used to try it, man. I used to, I thought I was doing it up and I really was. And, and, and I just wasn't. And I'm just so happy that I went through all that. It made me a cool person, but you know, I definitely had to, I took four years and it was a hard, Oh, when I think back to that time, it always breaks my heart. That person breaks my heart. Cause I know who she was. And I mean, I was just a walking ball of pain. I was just hurt all the time. Like I was just always just, I breathed too hard. I probably could have just burst out in tears. Like I was just so hurt and then it's just like <clears throat> would cover it up with the parties and the coolness and all that stuff and then I just was like I gotta get down to what's going on and it was every it was so many things it was inside it was outside it was my life it was my surroundings what I was doing my dedication to myself and to my work and I had to change and it did not feel good like I don't feel like getting up in the morning at 10 o'clock and working out I, I don't like that but I like how I feel afterwards and I like how happy I am and I like how healthy I feel but I do not like working out. So I you love watching you stuff to get the good. <laughs> I love watching you hit your goals though. Like it's Girl, I know I'm it's, it's, it's see not it. easy. I'm still <laughs> I'm slacking. Oh, it's hard, believe me. And there's there, you know, last week I I missed a day. And so that's one thing. But my thing is like I just never let that stop me because it's like you're not dead, nothing's happened, you haven't ended anything, you're not at the end of any journey. So you just get back up the next day and we start up. Like if you make a mistake, you just start up again. That's 
I love it. Again, back to just everything <laughs> that I love about you. So, and like, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to get political or anything like that, but yeah. at the same time, it's hard because we have, well, this is, big. This is what we're living in. This, this is, is our lives. This so is our lives. Wrong. This is right. our lives and there's nothing wrong with talking about it. And honestly, like I said, we're black women. Like we have to be able to voice this. Like this is not little, this is very large. I mean, I feel, I feel scared, sad, happy, but I mean, we're literally, you guys like, this is going in the history books. They're going to write about this. Like this is going to be a pivot for our, our world and we needed it. And we're here living it and we're part of it. It's because of us. It's for us. So I mean, I'm going to probably be talking about this for the next year, but we can't not, you know, I hope. my band will always be here. I will always be making music. I'll always be doing hair. Um, and, and I'll always be a black woman. So all those things are valid. <laughs> People can't, can't see, but for those who don't know Naja, um, she is, she's a larger woman and she's proud of it. And she, yes. she loves who she is. And she like, I, I don't want to put words you are you and i love the way that you embrace you're like fuck body negativity i mean you can't i mean even if you decide to lose weight this was my turn and let me tell you part of those four years was attacking i attacked myself every time i passed by a mirror i'd be like you're so fat you're so ugly who's gonna love you you don't look good every single time even through the all the cute pictures and stuff every time i pass excuse me i'll <laughs> plug this phone back in again i'm coming back um but every single time I would pass a mirror, I would say something horrible to myself. I mean, I did not like my body and I had to come to terms with, first of all, if you want change, you're gonna need to make it happen. So if you wanna lose weight, cool. But what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna tear you down because regardless of if I decided today that, okay, we're gonna lose hundred pounds, I'm not gonna do that for a full year. So you're not gonna spend a year tearing yourself down. If you wanna stay out of it, it, then go ahead and do the work that needs to be done, but also love yourself. So it was a dual thing. Like, so, and I always balance that being a plus size woman. Like I am gonna lose weight. I'm, you know, working on just working to feel good and have my body look the way that I want it to look. And mostly it's for clothes. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, you know, it's for no one else but myself and for clothes. And then just being a 40 year old performer on stage, dancing and singing. I mean, you've done it. You know how physically demanding it can be. And as a singer, you know, I have to be able to sing and dance and it's a lot. So it was for many reasons, but I definitely had to work on the inside. Like no matter what the decision I made at that point, if I was just like, okay, I'm just going to be fat. That's cool too. We can do that. But regardless, you have to love the space in between. And that was my, my mantra to myself is like, you know, you're going to do it, but we're going to love ourselves through it. And the working out and the eating well is loving myself, but also loving my that fat body. Like it got me re right here. Like, I don't think I did too shabby being 300 plus pounds. Like, I think I did okay for my life and I'll do more and, and that might be skinnier, but me as a person, I built this. Fat Naj built this. So she's pretty cool in my book. And I don't ever want to hate her. And when I lose weight, I'll look back. I'll look back at my old photo and I just I and I sometimes am surprised because I don't remember feeling like I was that big. I saw a picture, Del found an old picture of me in the paper, and I was like, that was me. Wow. But I don't remember ever feeling like that but I was and in the day that I started feeling unwell I remember waking up and crying to my boyfriend and I slept 
a whole night of sleep and I felt like I hadn't slept in days and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. And then I just started with baby steps and I lost my first 20 pounds and my sciatica nerve went away and I was like, okay. And it was, it was, a, it's been about five years because it took changing my mind about food and there was a lot of food I did not like, a lot of vegetables I did not like. And then these vegetables were not vegetables that I ate and didn't like. They were just ones that I just, I thought I did like them. And now these are some of these are things that I eat on a regular basis and I love. So yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a crazy difference um, right now. And I'm very happy and um, it is hard. You know, I have my days where I put something on and I don't like the way it looks. You know, I'm just learning to accept compliments and the fact that I am beautiful and sexy and I deserve to be loved in all forms. And, you know, it's wonderful. And I, I have a good balance. And sometimes that balance comes out of kilter. You know, I start eating jacked up or maybe I have a bad mental day and I say something, but I just try to always bring it back <clears throat> because it's never going to, going to be over. Like, I'm, this isn't a diet. I'm not dieting, folks. Uh, I live healthily. Like, I'm not, I don't have a diet plan. Some people are doing keto and we want to get the weight off. The program that I'm on, it's not very restrictive. It's just portion control. They do have things that they want you to eat. Like they don't want you to eat refined sugar, but it's really not anything crazy. Like fruits, meats, vegetables, little brown rice here, you know, piece of brown bread. Cool, you're good. And it's just like, don't eat six sandwiches. Have one. It's real easy. <laughs> so I, I really <clears throat> enjoy my program. I just became an affiliate for them. It's called Big Girls Move. And uh, the, the S is uh, with a Z. So I'll share that link too. And uh, that program is amazing. It is funny. Um, the trainer, he's out of Atlanta, I believe his name is Ted. And he's hilarious, but he don't, no excuses and no slacking. And when I tell you, when y'all be seeing them sweaty Instagram folks, the fill photos, like that's for real, y'all. Like, I be dripping. I never thought, I never sweated like that in a workout. And I never, like, I could, you would have never told me I'd be doing jump squats <laughs> and planking and sweat squats and doing push-ups and crap. I would have, you could have never told me I was going to do that or be able to. And that's one thing I love about my program is he doesn't shortchange you because you're big. He's like, we run in. We jump in, we doing all that. And he's like, it's hard today, but he goes in a month, it won't be as hard. And he's right. There are things that I couldn't do when I first started. Oh, I'm struggle busting. And now I can do them. And it's just really encouraging. And he makes jokes and he's funny. And it's 30 minutes a day. You can do anything for 30 minutes. Nice. Yeah. So I, I love it. And everybody has to find their own thing. You know, body, things with your body is so personal. And it's sometimes so sad to see it so spoken about, you know whether it be being skinny or sexy like that ain't got shit to do with everybody it only really has to do with you so i you know it's hard i know people talk about not wanting diet culture and stuff and i feel like you have to decide for yourself what you need and what makes you happy so you got to be a little introspective and be that weight or whatever and then you figure out what works for you to fix it it's just about caring for yourself if you want to be big be big you're happy about that just do it exactly. you need to be happy just if you don't like it change it if you like it stick with it and nobody should treat you any differently one way or the other because the only thing i care about is that the people in my life work towards true happiness if you're doing that it seems to make everything balanced you know if you're working towards your personal true happiness then it fix everything fixes itself you know you fix your childhood trauma you work on yourself because that's a step towards true happiness so those are, the, those are the kind of people I like to have around me. And I try not to, you know, I can encourage people. I don't want to tell people what to do because 
it took me many years to figure it out. It's a long journey, changing your mind and about who you are and what you want and how you're going to get there and unlearning bad behaviors, you know. Yeah, it is, it is definitely, it is, it's, it's a long path. I've been on it's this path. I've been telling people, I'm like, time. man, good luck to you. I was like, it's going to be a path and it's never going to be over. I used to have a, um, a hairstyling um, guru guy that I used to follow around and he would, uh, I would go and train with him and he would always say, when you're done learning, then you're dying. He's like, you should be at, by, like a plant, a plant that alive is always growing. When they stop growing, you start dying. And yeah. so I think about that forever. And I'm like, every day I want to get up and I want to change and be better and be putting something into growth, working towards my true happiness. Because if you stop, then you start dying. If you don't have anything else to go for, if you're not moving forward on something, you're just sitting there like, then I feel like you're just waiting for the end. Like maybe just living in a state of happiness, maybe just being where you are. Sometimes just maintaining is work. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think I, I can't stand a life of stagnation. I get stagnant and I get stir crazy. I get stagnant. That's when I get, I get depressed. depressed. Me yeah. too. I can, I always call it my, my seasons of discontent or discontent. Like I can't be still. I don't want to, I don't want to not, I want to be doing stuff. The world is amazing. Like I want to see the world. I want to experience stuff. I want to do anything I ever dreamed of. I want to do it. And I might not get everything, but I think one of my biggest fears is to die and regret not doing something or not saying something and stuff is still scary to me and I still get nervous and you know but I just try every day to be like I don't want to regret not doing it so I just I, I do it I'd be scared but I just do it anyway and I figure I'm like well the fear will dissipate <laughs> so before uh, we gotta we're getting kind of long here on time yeah so yeah <laughs> I gotta wrap it up no I love I could it's I haven't seen you in forever. We've both been pretty busy and I could talk to you for I, I love I love hanging out with you. I always have. It's been a long uh, we'll time. We'll have to but... do that in person here soon. Maybe do some dinner or something like that. That'd be really fun. I would love it. Um yeah. Before we go though, so um what is I know there's been a big kibosh on the art community and stuff like yeah. that. But what's going on with I would a little bit of time to talk about your project with Dell, uh Mirror Gloss. So yes. what's going on with that? Mirror Gloss, uh, so Mirror Gloss, um, you guys need to go check out mirrorglossmusic.com and Mirror Gloss is M-I-R-R-G-L-O-S-S -S, and it's all one word. And, um, you know, right now, Dell and I are conceptualizing our third um, project. We, we came into this thing as novices and we literally just, we were music fans and we hung out with bands and we worked at a music label. We went on tour. We did all that fun stuff, but being an artist is so completely different. So we've spent many years learning. And so now I think we really have an idea of what we would like for our sound to truly be. And so we're just taking our sweet time and we are not going to name any names and we are in talks with a really big producer um, to work on some stuff. And we have another super amazing musician that I am like stoked on um, and uh, out in LA and uh, it's an old friend of Dell's and he's uh, just he's, he's just doing real big things right now and has kind of blown up and um, so we're possibly going to be working with him and we've got some so we're just got little things here and there it's a lot of uh, back work you know we're working on getting some uh, management we've kind of been self-managing and and learning and everything and so we're just kind of like ducks in the water right now like we kind of look like we're smooth sailing along but we're like working underneath um the water there so um yeah so uh, i would say give us like six months and some really cool stuff is going to start to happen we have uh, so many big ideas 
for us. I feel like my band is a brand as well as a art, like as artists, but we have a whole full brand because I mean, we want to speak about the body positivity and, you know, Del and I have been best friends for many years and we have, we have a beautiful friendship. It's like family, but we worked a lot at it. Ooh, we worked a lot. We had some hard years and some years we didn't know if we were going to stay friends and we worked through it and it's been beautiful. And we just want to really put that out there, you know, like friendship and body positivity and love and positivity and happiness and have a good time and acceptance. And we feel like there's so many messages in Miraclause that we want to put out there. So, and it's been beautiful to do this with my best friend, who's also plus size and gorgeous as well. And she's a talented singer and a makeup artist and, uh, and a cook, girl, she can cook and anything healthy, any genre of food. And then she's also BT does one of the more amazing writers I've ever read. She used to write some erotica. She's got an idea for a book and she's, yeah, she's quite talented and all that. So it's been fun. I mean, we just feel so lucky. I don't know what we're doing. We're just making good music. We want people to dance and have a good time. And we sound like 90s house music, <laughs> you know, like pop singing stuff. And that might change a little bit too. You know, there'll always be a taste of that. And um, you know, you can check us out on uh, YouTube. We have some videos up and then we also have music up on our Spotify to some new songs that we have been working on. We did um, a really cool song with Eric Blood. It's called Small Love and that is more the direction that we're moving and we're so proud of that song. It's like so amazing and beautiful and it's so much more elevated than what we've done before. So uh, man, yeah, we're working. So you can, if you haven't checked us out yet, like there's a ton of content to keep you satiated until we get out some new stuff which should be very shortly i know we will be dropping some new songs here in another 30 days and um that'll be on spotify we usually share that on our instagram and facebook and website and all that so if you just go to the all website, these links all these links are going to all be the links the are notes. all up in there check the show <laughs> notes for the links because all the links that we're talking about is going to be there definitely check out mirror gloss wonderful i love how excited you guys are i've, I've been watching i mean from my little corner of the world, they just you yes. know everybody on Facebook, but I've been watching <laughs> and I've been I've been clapping. I'm like, oh yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> the first time I like I didn't even know you sang when we first started hanging out, and then someone was like, oh, um, we gotta go, we gotta go to Hell's Kitchen. Uh, uh, Nausea singing, and I was I think I was drunk or whatever at the time. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. And I came and you were playing with this. I don't remember. It was like a. I was with. I, I cannot remember the name of my band. Isn't that horrible? But I did. It was with one of my friends who. One of the guys I'm still friends with, Rob Field. It was and we amazing. had a band. And it was funny too because honestly, like, it was just like I wanted to do music. I always wanted to do music. Like when little girls were dreaming about their wedding, that was never me. I don't even know. I never did that. I don't. That was not my thing. But I always was about to. I always was on stage. I was going to be a, a musician. I wanted to be in a rock band. That was always my thing. And so, man, I mean, we're just. It's like I'm getting to do what I always dreamed of. So I mean, this is this is crazy. But you have a killer set of pipes. I mean, I think Dell's amazing too. But I've I've yeah. seen you live. I haven't seen Miragloss live yet. But seeing yeah. you live and your energy, I was like, I was like. Nasha sings. I was like, like what? And then I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I was like, it's so powerful and rich and just beautiful yeah. voice. I was like, so I'm I'm excited to see what's happening with you guys. Yeah. Um once uh, COVID gets out of the way and you yeah. guys Yeah, and honestly, you know, it was crazy, but 
I live a busy, busy life. So these three months have been wonderful to try and kind of hone in some things that I've been wanting to work on. And so we're, the rest of the summer will be spent working on mirror gloss stuff. And yeah, we're really excited. We're actually meeting tomorrow to write some letters and send some emails out and put together. We just got an electronic press kit together. So I'll get that out there and stuff. And yeah, man, you know, we, we are very blessed. I'm very blessed. I have a blessed life. I'm very, very grateful. That is awesome. So before we go, is there anything that you haven't got to say, anything that wasn't covered, anything that if, if they don't take anything else away from this, something that you just want to stick in people's minds, because this is the, the, the end of the show, what do you want yeah, to put out there? I don't know, man. Just, um, I don't know, lo love yourselves, you know, and do it in the truest form possible. Doesn't always mean saying you're great. Sometimes it means doing the hard work, but you know, and I think America's doing that right now. America's loving itself. It looks ugly right now, but we are loving ourselves. You love yourself, you get in there and you find the bad and you get it out. America is loving themselves. So, you know, truly love yourself and, um, you know, just, you guys just hold on. It's, it's, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's rough out there right now. And, um, you know, I appreciate you hooking up and talking with me and, you know, we can talk off of here as well. If you ever want to talk about it, I mean, you know, you got to stick together as black ladies. I would love to just be <laughs> around your positivity more. I miss Tacoma. <laughs> I really do. Girl, yeah. Well, you'll have to come out. We got a big old backyard and a fire pit. We can send I would you love some it. s'mores sometime. Girl, send yes. me some invitations because I, I will. I need I to am. get I'm actually going to throw a bond. I want to throw a bonfire for my lady friends. I think not this coming week, but the week afterwards. I'm going to find just an evening. Just come over and have a glass of wine and soda. We're going to have some snacks and just like hang out by the fire. Sounds lovely. I have like a couple of girls and I'm like, I've been missing you. And then I know people feel a little weird. So we can do the backyard, you know, we can social distance if you're feeling like that and everybody be safe. And so, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay, good. I will be sending you an invite. Thank you. Thank you so much, Naja. Uh, to everybody else out there, be safe, love each other, love each other, love each other and do whatever it takes to have a great life. Bye. <laughs>
watching 